When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We discuss and analyze some of the greatest, most iconic moments in professional wrestling history. And today we've got one of the most iconic from someone on this show who happens to know one of the participants pretty well. One of the greatest champions of all time, Mr. Jack Briscoe, when he lost the title 1975 in December to Mr. Terry Funk. That's right, John. And, you know, just kind of a, a basic setup of this thing. You know, back in, back in the day, as, as and I know the young kids hate it because I hated hearing it when I was a young kid, back in my day. But back in the old NWA champions, uh, uh, championship days, these champions, they, they when you won that title, when they awarded you that title, you were committed 100% to a schedule that, that just – unbelievable and each night just bear in mind that you're you're traveling from territory to territory what we used to call territory never i don't need to go because everybody's smart listens to this show you know what our territory is but as a champion you would have to go into like memphis and work with jerry lawler you know but it wasn't always like it jerry lawler was a top guy but then you might have to after memphis you might have to go to Pahokee, Kentucky, or Pahokee, Kentucky, whatever the hell the name of that Kentucky town is, and I love that town too, and work with a guy that don't quite have the talent at Jerry Lawler, but you still got to do the same damn thing. You got to make this guy look good, and you got to go 50, 60 minutes with this guy. So, you know, you one night you might be working with the major star. The next night you might be working with a guy that they're trying to build and he's not quite ready for prime time yet, but you, you're the guy charged with getting him ready. And the next night you might go into Texas after Memphis, work with a Dick Murdoch one night, who's one of the greatest in the world. And then in the next night you're in Abilene, Texas, you got to work with the damn rookie John Layfield to make <laughs> him look like a star. 
which is hard to do. But <laughs> those old NWA champions back in those days could do it. So Jack had just reached his tipping point. He had reached that point where he was on the road all the time. He bought himself a 32-foot uh, 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 yacht down here in Florida, and he kept it over the shore, and he put it in, in dry dock. He took it out one damn time while he was, he was champion. He wanted to enjoy himself. He wanted to enjoy his spoils, but he couldn't. And his physical, Jack wasn't a big guy, and he would go around wrestling guys from 200 pounds to 350 pounds for that world title. It took the toll on Jack and both mentally and physically, he was just, as they say, he was just at the point where he was just burnt. And yeah. so he called Sam Mustick, called Eddie Graham first, told Eddie, cause Eddie was, Eddie, Eddie was the boss and told Eddie that, you know, he was fed up with it and he was, he was ready to drop it. Eddie said, well, it comes as quite a surprise. We haven't taken a vote. Who would, who would you, who, who would you recommend you drop it to? Back to door, and he said, "Hell no." He said, uh, "Back to Harley, no." He said, "I want to drop it to Terry Funk." And it, it, people were shocked that Jack wanted to do that because the backstory of Jack winning the title was supposed to be from a Funk, and it never happened, you know. But Jack was a businessman, and Jack Jack wanted to do just go one up on him, and so he he handpicked Terry Funk to do this thing. Terry didn't really know, and the storyline was it was advertised in Miami as Jack Briscoe versus Dory Funk Jr. World return match. Well, Dory won the title match. Oh, so come night of the, the matches, and not a lot of people even knew what was going on. The boys are all of a sudden Terry Funk shows up and they make a big announcement, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, Dory Funk Jr. they couldn't make the matches, or his plane got delayed. But Terry Funk is here to, to fill in for it. That's not a big downgrade from Dory, you know, going to Terry. So, you know, the people bought the storyline because uh, Dory had no showed once before, you know. So, um, so here, so we got Terry in there. So they have the match. So, what I'm saying, Terry wasn't real prepared for the match either. So, then uh, they turn out to have a classic world championship match. Yeah, and one thing that you mentioned, you know, like when you're a top team, like say the Chicago Bulls in the 90s was, was Michael Jordan, you play 82 games just like everybody else. But your 82 games are harder than everybody else's because when you show up to play the Dallas Mavericks, the Los Angeles Lakers, the whoever that you're playing, that's the biggest night of their year. So when Jack shows up to wrestle uh, a, a Dick Murdoch in Texas or a Harley in Kansas City or whoever it is, or Joe Blow and Paducah. That's the biggest night of his career. That's the biggest night. And Jack has to do that every single night. You know, that guy gets to do that one match, 60 minutes. He's going to be sore for a couple of days. He gets over and goes back to his regular territory. Jack then goes somewhere else and does it again the next night. I mean, I don't think people realize how hard it was on these champions to go in these different places and every single event was a huge event every single night oh you're you're exactly right john and and, and you got to step up to that 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 each night and you can't you can't take advantage of the local guy you got to make him look like a star that's your job one of the biggest pet peeves jack had you know you stay around you know he said he he would he would walk out 
to the ring and there'd be a full dressing room all the way to Jack. Yeah, Jack, you know, we'll watch your match, all this stuff. And then by the time of Jack's matches, all the Terry's and Dory's and Rick's and the Harley's, they were all 60 minute, 45, 60 minute matches before if you had a finish, it was 45, 50 minutes. Uh, but most of them ended up at 60 minutes. Jack said the biggest thing, he would come back to the dressing room. He'd be the only damn guy in there. Now here's a guy coming, champion coming into your town, you know, to, to draw you, make, make you some extra money because the champions at that. You get back and you're the only guy in the dressing room, you know, and it was, it was kind of depressing to him. So both, like I said, both mentally and physically, Jack had reached that tipping point where he was just ready to call his own shot and say, I'm ready to give this baby up, you know, let somebody else take a run. And I know he told the story before, but you can tell it real briefly that when Jack got done as the, the uh, NWA champion, he famously threw his watch in the lake. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that, that not only with that championship, it wasn't the watch at that time, because we hooked up, you know, a couple of years later with, with Vance and was making those brutal, brutal schedules, you know, 45 days at a time and then and, and blizzard up in the, up in New Jersey. And uh, I just talked to Don Morocco today and he, he brought that up, you know, and, uh, and so he, he said he quit and then, uh, when, when I finally got off the road, he, he had a little weekend party over his place out there. He said, you know, he said, I'm, I quit. Yeah, everybody said, yeah, sure, Jack. He walked out on dock. He said, I've been living by this thing. And it was a gold old Omega watch. It wasn't no cheap $35 Seiko watch from Tokyo, Japan. It was one of those Swiss-made Omega watches, solid gold. He took that baby off, and he threw it in his lake. He never again wore another watch the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, this match that we've got, it, it's a little bit uh, edited down. So we had the finish. We have a couple great promos. But just so people know, the match starts about halfway through, and part of it's edited down. But it's a terrific match. The video quality is great, but it's one of the most iconic moments in professional wrestling history, the day Jack Briscoe, Drop the title to Mr. Terry Funk. Josh, if you could tee that up, let's get started. Miami, Florida. Jack Briscoe, the world uh, Convention Beach Auditorium. What a, what a great place for, uh, for uh, wrestling. 20 minutes into this match now. 20 minutes into the match now, according to the commentary. And that's the great Gordon Soley. Look at Funk here. Only Funk can do this. Now, Terry's the one in, in, in the red boots. We've gone over Jack and Terry's body style there. Terry's one in the red boots. And red knee pads. Jack never, Jack never wore a pad on his elbow or his knees his entire career. You ever have knee problems? Never. Terry Funk, the challenger. Getting back to his feet, but losing his balance. His equilibrium is gone. Terry, even then, was just the a selling fool. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of what we wanted to bring up on this trilogy. Hey, look at this Terry quarter, Nelson. This is, this is sweet. Terry Funk. His shoulders are down one. Terry Funk that's back to the amateur racing days. But, uh, you know, uh, these, these guys, they, they work with each other so many times and so many combinations. Go that. Now, look at that classic. Backslide out of that suplex, of a wing suplex. 
Now, who was that referee, Jerry? Sonny Myers is a referee. Sonny was uh, famous in Kansas City. He had a lot to do with the training of Harley Race also. As Terry Funk brought him down across his leg, and now Terry Funk continues Very to Very similar to say Bronco Lubitz, who is a, a great referee and manager. Uh, he the same same time, same era. What's that? Same time, same era with Pain coursing through his body. Does not now, now, both of these guys used leg holds for Nurse Terry's of the famous spinning toe hold from uh, Amarillo, Texas, invented by Dory Funk Sr. And Jack counters it. Now, Jack's hold, of course, was the figure four leg lock. But this is what I love. He goes to kick him off. Jack holds on. Jack holds on. It shows you how hard they're struggling to get their hold on the other guy. It's funny, you know, a lot of guys have, have used the borrow the figure four. Of course, Buddy, where, where you and I like to laugh, you know, there's no first-time guys, you know, but Buddy Rogers is really probably the first guy to use the figure four leg lock. And a lot of people have used it since then. The nature boy Rick Flair has got it from Buddy Rogers. Mario Cristobal, the great coach now at the University of Miami, just at the University of Oregon, he's a good friend of mine. He always said, when people bring up the Ric Flair figure four, because Mario grew up in Miami, he said, I always correct him. He said, no, it's the Briscoe figure four. <laughs> but they're both setting that up by, by working for, working towards a leg. leg. Terry with a spinning toe hold to Jack with a figure four. That I love how though, when Jack would work that leg and go back on it, that Terry would do the whole hand stand up and sell it. But this is some of the versatility of Terry. We've showed we showed uh, the the empty arena match last week, and we'll get to some real hardcore later on. But we wanted to show all the three faces of Terry Funk. You know the the the, the creativity and the scientific part, and then next we'll get into the hardcore. But here here's Jack going again for that figure four, and look at this. Can we back that up, Josh? And Josh, we got Josh here helping us out here. We couldn't do this without Josh. But let's see, let's go into the uh, go where he goes into it here. Here we go. And how how simple of a finish is this? Thing? Yep. And Terry's selling like crazy, doing the old uh, dead fish. Like Gordon said, he is open for one split second. Terry took took advantage of it, and the crowd actually shocked here. I mean. Uh, you see some Terry Funk fans out there, but uh, most of them were Jack Briscoe fans because of Miami. And they sure didn't expect to see something as big as a title change happen. Oh, no. You didn't see that unless it was well advertised in, in the beginning. And then, you know, Terry coming out and taking the place of his brother there. But if you remember, John, and I think you're old enough to remember that, the old, the old adage in professional wrestling, you never be the substitute. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I used to always hate when you go in somewhere and you have a substitute because you, you always had to do the job. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Substitutes always won. And that's a famous Frank Freeman as ring announcer. Frank uh, was the ring announcer announced Muhammad Ali or, uh, as the winner over Sonny Liston back in that fight there. Wow. 
as he has achieved a lifetime the promoter of this show was chris dundee who is angelo dundee muhammad ali's brother he was he was a all out for the center turn this up if you would josh let's listen to this weight champion terry funk the man who lived in the shadow of his brother for over four years has finally achieved that pinnacle the world heavyweight wrestling championship and may i just say congratulations thank you very much gordon it's the proudest day of my life naturally it is well, i might just say this of course that jack briscoe and the nwa when they agree Look, look at the dome there. Look at the globe. There's a big dent in that in that globe there. I can tell you how that dent got there. Harley raised his head. And and uh in Kansas City, Missouri. They, they were outside the ring and uh Jack hit Harley with the belt. And Jack was or Harley was supposed to get color. And Harley said, hit me again. And Jack thought he hit him as hard as he could, and he said, hit me. And so Jack reared back, and as Jack hit him, Harley threw his head into the damn belt, and it crushed that globe in. So that's how that dent in that belt. So if you see a belt and it has that dent in it, you can take the DNA off there, and you can find Harley Race's DNA on that belt. That's one of the things to allow Terry I've ever heard. That's Funk awesome. to substitute for his brother Dory Funk Jr. Jack Briscoe also had a return clause in the contract, saying that in the event he lost. You would meet him this coming Tuesday in Tampa at the Armory. Now, wait one second. I was under the assumption that I was going to go ahead and have the return match in Amarillo, Texas. No, the, the champion stated in the, in the contract itself that he had his choice of locations. In Tampa, I've got to wrestle the man in a rematch in Tampa. That is exactly correct. Not Amarillo? No, sir. Well, I'll tell you one thing is I like the people of Florida. I love the people of Florida. But I'm countryfied, and I'm Texas's pride. And first of all, I'm going to defend this belt for my mother, my mother's state of Texas. And I'll come down there, and I'll wrestle a man in Tampa. And I'll tell you what, I intend on being something that Jack Briscoe never was. And that's an offensive champion, not a defensive champion, not the kind of champion that continues to run to the ropes constantly during the match like Briscoe has done. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the fight to this man and prove to you people that I will be the now. finest champion that this world has ever seen in professional wrestling. Well, of course, at one point in the match when the referee was injured, he did have you pinned for easily a five count. I don't recall that at all. I don't recall that. Well, thank you so very much. There you have it, the new NWA World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion, Terry Funk. I want to take a moment right now to talk to the, and I really hesitate to say this, but the former World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion, Jack Briscoe. And Jack, all I can say is that uh, it was a tremendous battle, and hopefully after Tuesday night, you'll have that title back. Well, I certainly plan on having it back, Gordon. Uh, I made a foolish mistake, and uh, it cost me the match, and it cost me the world's championship. Uh, uh, the thing was unnerving about the whole thing, of course, is I had trained, and I had, had studied course films and uh, of everything of Dory Funk Jr., and then at the last minute, I'd get here and find out that uh, Jr. was unable to make it, and Terry was substituting for it. So in order for me to put the line, the belt on the line against Terry, I... I made him agree that, uh, that uh, within 10 days that I would get a return match and I would get to select the site that it was it's going to be held and of course uh, I wanted to be in Tampa where I felt like uh, it was my home for quite a while and where I got a lot of support from a lot of people and I feel in Tampa on the rematch I feel that uh, 
there's just no way I'm going to make a mistake like that again. I'm going to get that belt back. Well, Jack, of course, the, the referee was injured uh, at one point in the match, and at that point you did have Terry Funk pinned. Uh, that's true. I'd caught Terry in a uh, suplex, and I'd had him down for uh, quite a while, and uh, I didn't realize the referee was, uh, was even injured. And I looked around, I saw him hobbling around on his leg, but uh, I just made a mistake, Gordon, and it cost me the world's championship. Well, I'm sure that uh, I'm joining thousands of other people who are hopeful that this coming Tuesday night, once again, we'll be calling Jack Briscoe the world heavyweight wrestling champion. And Jack, uh, good luck to you. Thank you, Gordon. It just looked just awesome. like awesome interview. He put Funk over, and he, he put the feud over. The feud being, you know, that the Funk didn't show up again. You know, and, and and all the fans at that time knew exactly what Jack was talking about that night in Houston when Jack was supposed to win the title and Funk was a no-show there. So once again, it was that it, it building that family feud. And John, I, you know, I'm patting myself on the back, but back in those days, the Briscoes and the Funk, any combination that you put, I mean, it was it was it was, it was a a good, good, good payoff that night. In other words, it was packed, and so we kind of built that family feud on on that one incident of, of Funk getting hurt, not showing up in Houston. We went 15 years off of that thing. You know what's so unusual about that? You know, you had brothers uh, teams before. You know, in the 90s, you had the Steiners and and Harlem Heat. Uh, you know, they never did clash as much as you know you'd like for them to have. Uh, but there, there's never been a time where both uh, brothers teams you know you got individual champions in each but you're also at, at your prime against each other for an entire almost decade it's a, it's an incredible time of the funks versus the briscoes yeah and uh, the great thing about it it wasn't only uh confined to the the state of texas and florida i mean it was uh, all over all over the nation and all over japan all over the caribbean and uh and australia it was just Everywhere there was the NWA, we had that feud at one time or another. And uh, and I loved working with the Funk and did Jack did too. I mean, uh, you know, there was, you know, you know, that a lot of people thought there was always heat, you know, with, with Funks and Briscoe. Hell, you could tell by those matches there were no heat in there. If there'd been heat, you know, there'd been some selfishness somewhere along the line. But I, I challenge anybody in, in, in the world to, to go through and watch some of those matches and see if you can see a place where e either one of those four guys are being selfish in the ring. Because we respected each other's ability. And I think I told you this the other night in Jack's book, there, there's a quote from Jack, and uh, somebody was asking Jack, what was the biggest night of your career? And he said, when Dory Funk Jr. beat Gene Kaniski in Tampa, Florida for the World Heavyweight Championship, because it opened the doors for athletes like me, and my brother, and Terry to win these championships instead of the big, you know, monsters that the NWA liked back in there. They were athletes. They were some of the first college athletes to come along, so... You know, we, we see all these things to Terry Funk, but then you just seeing uh, uh, the Terry Funk that had the wrestling skills and that, that old West Texas style there, you can see it coming out. The old man taught wrestling. The old man was a, Dory Funk Sr. was a three-time state champion in Indiana. Matter of fact, they, 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 there's a push to name his high school after him, high school gymnasium after 
after Dory Funk Sr. Uh, that's how good of an athlete he was up there. And then he, he got in the pros and he went down to Texas and established himself as a promoter and produced two of the greatest sons that, that ever, ever in the history of our, our business there. So, but what a, what a, what a contrast, you know, from the match we saw last week, the, uh, the, uh, the empty arena match to this. That's right. And then we're going to take it a step forward with the faces of Terry Funk. And how great is, is Terry Funk in that promo where he's basically being a heel, but acting like a baby face. That's what we say all the time. You've got to believe you're the good guy. You know, when you say that about Jack Briscoe as a defensive champion, he's describing himself. In his mind, he believes, or at least in that character's mind. It's just brilliant. And your brother's promo is the greatest working promo ever. He's the happiest man alive to drop that title. No. He's ready to go fishing. No. He's ready to get on that 32-foot yacht. Go out in the damn bay, man. He's got a fishing pole at the back door, and Gordon Sully, as soon as he's done, he's going to see him leaving. He's like, I'm so sorry I lost that title. Made a mistake. Yeah, he's coming out to Lake next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. How was the match 10 days? Did they do the match 10 days later in Tampa? Well, honestly, I was in the Carolinas working myself that night, you know, so I I, I didn't see that. I wasn't even at, at the arena for this match here. I was in the Carolinas. And it's, it's funny, you know, the, I'll go back to the first night in Houston when, when Funk didn't show up. Gary Hart actually called me. He knew where I'd be. He knew I'd be in Richmond, Virginia, at the Stockyard, uh, at the old Fairgrounds Arena out in Richmond, Virginia, working for uh, the Mernick family out there on Friday night, Richmond. And so uh, I talked to Gary, and uh, Gary, Gary called me, hey, I, I think he called me to ask what time Jack was coming in so he could pick him up, all that stuff. He said, I'll give you a call after the match. So Gary called me, and I, so Gary was the first one to inform me that Story didn't show up, and and of course Gary had all kinds of stories too, and told why you know. But but Gary Hart was the first one, and then Gary Gary called me when 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 the actual drop actually happened. Gary was wasn't wasn't the one that called me that night. And told me the good news. <laughs> the good news. That's right. It's all a matter of perspective. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there you have another best of the best stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. One of the greatest NWA champions, one of the greatest amateur champions of all time, Mr. Jack Briscoe and Mr. Terry Funk. And we'll continue this series on Terry Funk next week, depending on when you're watching this. You can catch it on our YouTube channel after a week has elapsed and all this stuff will be listed under best of the best where we have the quarterfinals or the semifinals, rather, of the match of Tiger Jeet Singh versus Terry Funk in the world-famous Deathmatch Tournament in 1995 in Japan.